Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Recorded live. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Big and Fruity, a podcast for people who like a glass of wine. Sit back, relax, pour out a glass of your favorite wine, and join our host, Mr. Dave AC, for the next hour, while we enjoy some nice wine. Good glass of red wine, your host, Mr. Dave AC. And welcome everyone to episode, would you believe it, episode 25 of the Big and Fruity Wine Podcast here on Torture ID 112272. I'm Dave AC, your host, every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That equates to 10 p.m. GMT in the UK and where I am based. And uh, that music, as always, introduced with Ian the Sixth Doctor has relaxed me. Oh, I must somewhat say that um, I'm struggling somewhat because for just some reason, I don't know what it is, I've bitten on something, but I've just got a little bit of toothache at the moment. So um, when I tell you about the wine that I'm drinking, and I shall tell you that I'm serving it chilled, <laughs> that might not be a good idea, folks. But nonetheless, the show must go on. So welcome, as you um, are listening probably to this as a recording at a later date. The date as I record it is Tuesday the 14th of February uh, 2012, unless you are a stone-hearted person, you will know that February the 14th in many countries around the world is a specific day. It's Valentine's Day, which is a very appropriate for today's show because episode 25 of the Big and Fruity Wine Podcast is called Big and Fruity is Going Fizzy. Yes, uh, as they say for uh, lovers, uh, they should always try and buy a diamond. A diamond is forever. Uh, they always say, I think, that if you're going to celebrate an occasion, and certainly indeed for the young at heart, Valentine's is a celebration, then you should celebrate with a sparkling wine. A fizzy wine, a sparkling wine. So that is what we're going to do indeed today. Although I must admit that I am here on my own. Uh, so I've done two things. One, I'm in a cheerful mood because um, I have had my time in the sunlight and uh, happy memories of long, loving uh, partnership. So that means that I'm absolutely free to wish all other people who are freshly in a partnership uh, 
are indeed renewing their relationships with Valentine's Day today. I wish them well indeed. And I also take the slight provision of I have bought a small bottle of sparkling wine. And I will tell you a little bit more about that once I've told you how you can join in this very interesting and lively show live. Yes, TalkShoe is uh, easily found using Google. It is a place that facilitates podcast making, but these are podcasts that begin not only made by the host for people to listen to later, they are done live on air on the TalkShoe site. And indeed, there's also a chat room where you can type chat in text if you don't want to actually come on microphone using some sort of headset. The ways you can connect are, if you are familiar with using things like VoIP over internet, that's using something like SJ Phone, uh, X-Lite, uh, or indeed TalkShoe's own shoe phone, um, what you need for the VoIP clients is uh, the address of 123 at 66.212.134.192. And if you want to use Skype, uh, you will need to use what is called Skype Out. That means you need to have credit on your Skype uh, and you will use that up at the rate of a couple of cents a minute about one penny per minute. However, I should just say, and I'm just going to put my TalkShoe hat on for a very brief moment, uh, because I do part-time work for TalkShoe, and that is that they do have a new uh, scheme which allows, certainly for those people in the UK who don't want to connect via uh, headphone set and computer and just want to phone up, uh, they can use a new London-based number but this does require a small monthly subscription. It's called, from the help page on TalkShoe, um, the UK phone number to access TalkShoe. It is a, a real London phone number. The phone number is 020-8123-174. But to in, in order to use that, you need to sign up for the alternate call-in package uh, which is being introduced at a 30 percent um, reduction at the moment it's three pound 50 a month and if you join during the introductory period you will continue to stay on that 30 pound uh, discount and i will just very briefly mention the url for that and then i will take my talk shoe hat off and we will get on with the show and it is www.talkshoe.com forward slash blog and then when you get to the blog, click on the second of the two quick links. And that is the one that says um, UK phone number. OK, enough of that. We're back as uh, TalkShoe hat off and my wine drinking hat on. And, you know, I don't think I believe that phrase because I don't think I've ever drunk a wine with a hat on my head. I very rarely wear one, but I certainly don't think I have. But nonetheless, I am wittering, so get on. What is the wine we're drinking? Well, every week, I actually put a twit uh, picture up of the wine I'm drinking, and I'm going to read the uh, little URL, so you can go and have a look while you're listening to the recording. And it is this. 
And by the way, all the letters that I will say are in small case. So it's twitpick.com forward slash 8JZEKL. And if you click on that link, and I shall do so myself, let me just refresh that. It's been up only just half an hour now. I did put it up rather late. 24 viewings already. And it says on there, Jacob's Creek Chardonnay Pinot Noir Brut Cuvée is the wine for the Big and Fruity 5pm podcast on Touch ID double one double two seven two, And it's been out of the fridge now for about 20 minutes. But, dear excited listener, it is not poured out. In fact, it's not even open because although it is not champagne... It is a sparkling wine, and therefore you will know it has a sort of pressurised cork. Ooh, that looks rather strange. I hope I can take that off. Uh, we're going to try and twist it off. One of my great advices that I've read about um, opening a champagne bottle and sparkling wine bottle, although I'm not too sure now I've taken the foil off this bottle, whether it will work, but apparently it's so you don't waste a lot of the uh, the wine as it uh, pours out of the bottle, is to put a clean tea towel over the top of the bottle. And in your left hand, well, it depends if you're left-handed or right-hand, but in, your, in one hand, you hold the cork firm through the towel and you don't twist the cork you twist the bottle. Now, it's going to be a bit of an embarrassment if I can't open it on the show, and I'm being very careful, just in case I have an accident, to point it away from my computer screen. Are you all anxious? I bet you're sitting on the edge of your seats now, aren't you? It's going to be a bit poor. We may not even have a show if I can't open it. Here we go, David. Oh! And no pop! Oh, dear, I was hoping you were here, uh... I did that with my t- the tongue. I thought you'd hear a pop. Well, that is strange. It is actually a false-looking champagne top. It's got a dome on it, but in actual fact, it's virtually a screw. But I can see a little bit of fizz on there, so let's pour some out. Oh, we're getting a lovely, lively fizz. Ooh, we're getting a lot of nice uh, aromas coming out. What am I getting? Hard to discern the actual... I mean, I, I think if anybody in the room, which uh, there is nobody in the room with me, by the way, but I mean people listening, will will instantly know that champagne smell. I, I can't put my finger on the descriptor. So instead of that, it's waiting to be drunk and uh, taking a little care that I don't drink too near this little tooth that's giving me problems. Here we go. Sweeter than I thought it was going to be. Uh, Certainly fruit. Mm. Let me have another go. Well, of course, I am not drinking champagne. I am drinking a sparkling wine. 
and it is based, let me just read from the label, it's Jacob's Creek Chardonnay Pinot Noir Brut Cuvée it's from Australia and um, let me see what else I can glean from the uh, thing. It is 11.5% um, by volume it's from southeastern Australia. So, hmm. it, it, it isn't champagne, folks. It is a sparkling wine. It is a, a slightly sweeter one than perhaps most people would enjoy. But if you're just having a little uh, celebratory drink, maybe even a celebratory drink for one, well, it's, it's not too bad at all. So let me uh, go with the wine fact before we continue on with the show. And it's a sort of tongue-in-cheek wine fact today. The wine fact is this, and it's a Dave AC wine fact. Sparkling wine should never be drunk without at least making one toast. So I'm going to make a toast, and that is to all those people out there who are celebrating Valentine's Day. I hope you have a, a wonderful evening, and uh, you have... Um, a long relationship that follows, and I'm going to toast your good health. Hmm. Now, I'm having difficulty saying anything more than that is a slightly sweet, sparkling wine. So let me tell you what I should be getting from the great varietals that are in it. So we've got Chardonnay in there. So let's see what my wine on earth a uh, little crib sheet says about Chardonnay. I should be getting apricot, peach, citrus, pineapple, lazy, caramel. Not all of these at once, of course. Uh, butterscotch, butter, vanilla, toast. Well, I made a toast. <laughs> we got the toast. No, let me be serious. I'm certainly getting the citrus. And I think I'm getting more more peach than apricot. Let me have a little more taste. I think more of a peachy flavour for me. But of course it also has uh, Pinot Noir in, which of course is um, a red grape, but it, of course uh, the skins have been taken off here. And they can introduce, of course in the smaller percentage here, black cherry, lavender, raspberry, violets, truffle, strawberry, earthy, forest floor. And I think we're probably just getting a little bit of the strawberry in there. Let me have another taste. Oh, yes. I can certainly imagine myself, here as we are in February, I can imagine myself in uh, Wimbledon in high summer, uh, ordering a little bottle of this and perhaps a nice uh, bowl of uh, strawberries and cream. I certainly think that would hit the uh, hit the button Exactly. Okay, so that's the wine that I'm drinking. It's, by the way, I should just say, I did say, just me on my own, so I am drinking uh, one of these sort of third of a bottle sizes. Let me have a look. In fact, in fact, it's smaller than that. It's just a 200 milliliter bottle. I think it was uh, about uh, five or six pounds. So that equates to a sort of a 20 pound bottle 
uh, or if it would have been a full size. So that's the wine I'm drinking. Twitpick.com forward slash 8JZEKL. And uh, what I'm going to do now is going to put in a link to um, the Jacobs Creek uh, site. The Jacob Creek site, the home site is www.jacobscreek, that's one word, .co.uk forward slash, uh, and then you go on. And I'm actually looking at the page, not unsurprisingly, for the wine that I'm drinking, and that is the Jacob Creek's Chardonnay Pinot Noir uh, Cuvée that I'm drinking. Now, let's read what it says on the site. By the way, when you first go to the main part of the site, there is um, a disclaimer for you to actually put in your date of birth because, of course, they want this site to be uh, really for people over the age drinking limit, whichever your country is. Of course, here in the UK, that is 18. And let me see what it says here. This sparkling Chardonnay Pinot Noir is a premium bottled fermented wine made from selected Chardonnay and Pinot Noir grapes, displaying classic citrus flavours with a delicate crisp finish. Ideal as an aperitif are for any occasion that calls for celebration. Uh, I would, I'm surprised that they don't say that it is um, a medium sweet wine as well. I would have thought that they would have included that. And by the way, just for your information, although you can check the, the page by going to the exact URL, which is www.jacobcreek.co.uk forward slash wines forward slash sparkling. And then this is Chardonnay-Pinot-Noir. They do, it seems, three uh, sparkling wines um, let me have a look we've got um, that's, they've got a sparkling rosé sparkling blanc de blancs and of course this Chardonnay Pinot Noir but I'm seeing uh, they also do oh no they've got some more here they've got a sparkling Moscato is it pronounced M-O-S C-A-T-O, white. They've got uh, a, a Moscato Rosé. Um, we've got, oh, they've got a Reserve Chardonnay Pinot Noir. And what's this one here? Let's move along. Oh, we've got quite a few. Uh, a Sparkling Trilogy NV Cuvée Brut. And one last one, a Sparkling Trilogy NV Cuvée Rosé. Difficult to read, but I'm assuming that these um, um, ones, ah, yes, the ones that have um, that appellation of uh, trilogy, they have three great, great varieties in them. They have the Chardonnay, Pinot Noir, and Pinot Meunier. I think that's pronounced M-E-U-N-I-E-R. And they have lively fruit flavours with creamy yeast characters. So it looks like uh, they do more than the three that I was aware of. And um, 
maybe you'll give those uh, a taste. And by the way, I've just realized that when I made the um, association in my mind of drinking this Jacob's Creek, and I said, I can just imagine myself at Wimbledon uh, drinking this with uh, strawberries and cream. I've just realized that, although not Wimbledon, but I have just been watching uh, earlier in the year the Australian Open, the first uh, oh, uh, the first uh, of the big tennis uh, four ma- uh, championships during the year. And I've just realized and remembered that Jacob Creek is one of the main sponsors, along with Kia, the car company. Um, so... No doubt, even in Australia, even though it was 38, 40 odd degrees centigrade, perhaps they were drinking chilled sparkling wine. So there you go. Well, that's pretty much that main talking about this. I'm just going to give a few links and then we're going to do one little sort of uh, topic for today. Every week I try and do some sort of topic and maybe... uh, Obviously, to our listeners, I'm going to be talking a little bit about uh, sparkling wine production. And I'm going to thank my friend uh, Darth Skeptical about this uh, because recently on another talk you call that I went on, and this is uh, Mike Randall Thor's uh, podcast, it's called uh, Radio Free Camelin. That is also on TalkShoe. The show ID is 72402. Every Friday night, he has a Friday night trivia. And whoever wins it one week hosts it the next. Well, the last one we had, uh, or two weeks ago, we had Darth Skeptical. Uh, what, you'll find, by the way, that when you come on talk show, a lot of people, like I use Dave AC, they, they don't put the whole name in there. They have um, like uh, the equivalent of an avatar name on talk show. So Darth Skeptical had won two weeks before, so he set the questions uh, for the quiz last Friday. And um, one of the rounds was about wine. And one of the questions related to how sparkling wines were produced. And I only got the answer half right. I got some points, but I didn't really give a full answer. So thank you, Darth, because um, I have now uh, boned up on it, as it were, ready for this show. And I'm going to talk about that in a moment. Right, yo, let me just give you then those few links I was going to say. Remember that the Big and Fruity has a WordPress blog, and that is at Big and Fruity, and I'm putting again these links in the room, bigandfruity.wordpress.com. These uh, can be got out of here using ChatGrabber. Go to chatgrabber.com and put the show ID in, double one, double two, seven two, and then you can read all the links that have been put in on each of these episodes. We also, on the uh, Facebook, have a Big and Fruity Facebook page. And it's difficult to read the URL out there because it's a great string of numbers. But if you go, if you are a member of Facebook, in the search button at the top of your page, just put Big and Fruity, Big and Fruity Wine Podcast, and you should come up to the page. And I put... uh, You can actually listen to the past recordings of the show on that page. And one more before we go to our wine facts for the last 10 minutes of the show, and that is we do have a Twitter account, and that is 
big and fruity and that's written as all one word with no spaces so it's at big and fruity and i was tweet when we're doing a show and of course the um the twit pic pictures that i put up are linked to the big and fruity uh twitter and i'm just going to have one more look now yeah 27 viewings we've had of the bottle of the one I'm drinking. And if you look at that bottle picture, by the way, you'll see that it definitely looks with the foil over the top as though it is a stopper with a cork protruding from it. And it's actually the way they have shaped this, uh, this lid. A little bit crafty, that. But it certainly gives the impression of you're buying a legitimate sparkling wine. And indeed, the wine inside is just that. Okay, now there are a number of pages that tell you a little bit about sparkling wine. I'm going to just mention a couple of them, but then I'm going to be mainly concerning myself with just one of these pages, um, and um, we'll take it from there. One, uh, and these are all related to wiki pages, by the way. Uh, you may think that there are lots of other sites that will be more informative and probably more authoritarian, uh, but I do feel as though for for the sake of these shows where I'm trying to give out the sort of basic things, as I say, I'm not any professional, I'm not anything other than an expert on my own wine taste, I feel as though these are perhaps more open for people to find rather quickly. But please, there are absolutely thousands of blogs about wine on the internet, uh, and I certainly know there are uh, many hundreds of wine bloggers who tweet. In fact, on my uh, other Twitter account, that's Dave AC, I have a second list of wine links on that, and I have 500 uh, wine posting Twitterers uh, listed to that. Okay, the first link I'm going to put in is... Um, Again, uh, all the links I put in begin with EN for English. So it's en.wikipedia.org forward slash wiki. And this is forward slash list underscore of underscore champagne underscore houses. And I'm just going to make you aware without going through this great list that, you know, you may have heard of uh, the, obviously the, the, the premier... Um, groups of these but there are in actual fact not just a handful but there are at least 30 to 40 different ones there uh, Tassinger Monet Chanon I can never pronounce that either awful with pronouncing names aren't I um, oh, Brun Bollinger so they're all listed there, and they actually have the uh, place of origin, the year they were founded, and the parent group, and um, the, the, the premium labels that each of them actually produces. So um, very useful little resource for people who are interested in not just having a sparkling wine, but one that comes from the Champagne area, and only those sparkling wines, of course, can be called champagne. Most of these major houses are members of the organisation 
Union des Maisons de Champagne. That's UMC. And sometimes are referred to as the Grand Marks. Okay. But what I'm going to do is uh, not list from that. Um, I'm just going to briefly mention what it says on the wiki page about champagne. Although I've just paraphrased it in some way there. Uh, let me read this little bit about it. Um, the primary grapes used for the production of champagne are Pinot Noir, Chardonnay and Pinot Meunier. And remember, these Jacob Creek are using exactly those same grapes. The Champagne Appellation Law only allows grapes grown according to appellation rules in specifically designated plots within the appellation to be used in the production of champagne. Through international treaty, national law and quality control, some consumer protection is all related to local regulations. Most countries limit the use of this term to only those wines that come from the Champagne Appellation. And very briefly, Champagne first gained world renown because of its association with the anointment of French kings. Royalty throughout, throughout Europe spread the message of the unique sparkling wine from Champagne and it's associated with luxury and power in the 17th, 18th and 19th century. The leading manufacturers devoted considerable energy to creating a history and identity for their wine, associating it and themselves to, with nobility and royalty. Through advertising and packaging, they sought to associate champagne with high luxury, festivities and rites of passage. Their efforts coincided with the emergence of a middle class that was looking for ways to spend its money on symbols of upwards mobility. There you go. And uh, I am now going to just go to one more page as we hit the 30-minute mark almost. Remember, while it's just me in the room talking, uh, for me to continually talk for much over half an hour is perhaps too painful for your, for your ears and a little bit uh, uh, difficult for myself. In fact, to that very aim, while I put that link in, I shall have another... Oh, let's pour a little bit more out. So it is going down. And I've not got a nervous hand there. I'm deliberately tapping the glass so you can hear what I'm doing. Mm. Nice. Okay, the last link of the show then is another wiki page. So it's en.wikipedia.org forward slash wiki forward slash and this is with underscore between the words sparkling wine production. Now, when we did the quiz, when data, we, we came to the conclusion that there were three main methods for producing sparkling wine. Uh, but in the actual fact, there are four, but one of them, of course, is pretty much a, uh, a basic, uh, not a cheat, because it does get the sparkling into it. Oh, and I've got a little, uh, a little story to just mention about that. Somewhere in the next 10 minutes, uh, I've I got a, something to mention about uh, sparkling wine, but here we go. And I'm not going to read all the page. I do want people to actually visit these links that I put in the show. I'm not trying to steal their content, as it were. So there are four main methods, according to Wiki, of sparkling wine production. 
The first is a simple injection of carbon dioxide. Yes, that's exactly what the sparkles are made from, the bubbles are made of, carbon dioxide. Uh, the process that's used mainly, of course, in soft drinks. But this produces big bubbles that dissipate quickly in the glass. So basically, we're not really taking that as a serious solution for uh, you know, proper, legitimate winemakers, except in perhaps the, the cheapest of brands. The second is the Metodou Chamat. And I'm going to spell that out because I'm probably uh, murdering that. It's M-E-T-O-D-O -O, and then Chamat, C-H-A-R-M-A-M-A-T. Created by the French wine growers in which the wine undergoes a secondary fermentation in bulk tanks and is bottled under pressure. This method is used for uh, uh, well, the spumante uh, because it produces smaller and longer-lasting bubbles. This is now used widely around the world to produce light, delicate, sparkling wines. Now, the third method is the traditional method or method champagnese. With this method, the, effervesc the effervescence for the more complex wines are produced by secondary fermentation in the bottle. As the name suggests, this is used for the production of champagne and other quality sparkling wines. But it's slightly more expensive than the Charmat process. And the fourth method is the transfer method. This method will take the cuvee to the bottle for secondary fermentation which allows for the additional complexity, but then will transfer the wine out of the individual bottles into a larger tank after it has spent the desired amount of time on yeast. So there is the basic information about that. And one of the things that I do remember about um, uh, these champagne is that they do something that is called riddling. And uh, Darth, that was the word I was trying to remember, riddling. Uh, it's the... Uh, very labour-intensive method of turning the bottles as they are laid down. And I'm just going to read this down. It's on this page that I've given, wiki uh, forward slash sparkling underscore wine underscore production. And I am going to read this paragraph, and then I'll tell you this little if, uh, thing that I saw on TV recently, and then we'll wrap up for the week uh, by telling you what to expect from the Big and Fruity Wine Podcast next week riddling after ages uh oh, let me just um mention the lees um non-vintage wine from champagne cannot legally be sold until it is aged on the lees in the bottle for about 15 months now these lees are these racks where the bottle is uh, inverted somewhat so that the cork is towards is lower than the bottom of the bottle okay non-vintage wine from champagne cannot legally be sold until it has aged on the lees in the bottle for at least 15 months champagne's aoc regulations further require that the vintage champagne be aged in cellars for three years or more before disgorgement but most top producers exceed this requirement holding the bottles on the lees for six to eight years 
Now, this is the riddling. This is the labor-intensive thing that I'm going to talk about. After aging, the leaves must be cons consolidated for removal. The bottles undergo a process known as riddling. Uh, remusage in French. In this stage, the bottles are placed on special rack called pulpiteres, P-U-P-I-T-R-E-S, that hold them at 45 degree angle with the crown cap pointing down. Once a day, every two days for champagne, the bottles are given a slight shake and turn, alternately to the right and then to the left, and drop back in, with the angle gradually increased. The drop back into the rack causes a slight tap, um, pushing the sediments towards the neck of the bottle. In 10 to 14 days, 10 to 8 to 10 weeks for champagne, the position of the bottle is straight down with the leaves settled in the neck. This time can be shortened by moving the bottle a little more than once a day. Manual riddling is still done on the prestige cuvées in Champagne, but otherwise it has been largely abandoned because of the high labour cost. Mechanised riddling equipment is used instead. Many stores now sell riddling racks for de decorative storage of the finished wine. And there's an awful lot more there, but I think that gives you an idea that uh, when you're paying a premium price for a quality sparkling wine or champagne, there is that extra cost involved and the extra time that it takes to come to uh, be ready to be drunk. And I'm going to end with this little, not really amusing story, but something that was gave me a little bit of insight. I was watching a program, uh, drama, sorry, a documentary. It's called To Boldly Go. And it's talking about this particular episode of it, uh, about man's fascination with diving and undersea exploration. And this particular episode was talking about these divers that go down to almost 100 metres on one breath and so on. And then it went to talk about uh, deep sea divers uh, in the oil rigs at the North uh, Sea and other parts of the world. And one of the things is there, they're going down so deep that uh, because like uh, the champagnes, if they came up from the deep too quick, they would get what was called the bends. they get the nitrogen bubbles bubbling out of their blood. And they dive so deep that for, you know, just an hour's dive at the bottom, they would have to take days to decompress when they came up to the surface. So what they do, uh, very dangerous is, is they use something called immersive diving. And what that is, is that even though uh, the divers come up from the water, they go straight into these decompression tanks, but they are not decompressed. These guys, I, I don't believe it, they spend a whole month inside these giant tanks that are pressurized to the same pressure as the water level they're working under when they dive. And so there'll be three or four divers in each of those. And although they're only separated from the rest of the crew by one inch of this metal, if one of them had an illness or an appendix or something like that, they could not open that pressurized container that they are in for five days because they would have to slowly bring the pressure down because they're working at something like almost 100 
uh, times uh, atmospheric pressure. They'd have to wait five days before they could open the door. They could not just open the door. And um, not going to that depth, but the actual uh, chap who was narrating the show went into this pressurised chamber and just to prove that he was in this pressurised chamber, he had a bottle, an open bottle of sparkling wine. I'm not sure whether it was champagne, but it was a sparkling wine. And he demonstrated it by opening the bottle. There was no pop. There was no flush of uh, bubbles. And he poured it out and he said, this is as flat as anything. No, it wasn't a duff bottle. It wasn't something that had gone wrong. What it was, was that the pressure in the tank was so high that the bubbles were kept in the liquid form. The the carbon dioxide didn't release as bubbles from the bottle, which, of course, is why when you pop a bottle of champagne, you get that release of pressure and the bubbles suddenly uh, come out of the fluid. Not particularly so much uh, with this little plastic stopper that I had, but there were certainly, and are certainly, as I pour, the very last... Oh, you can hear the fizz just a little bit there. And I'm going to finally, at 40 minutes, would you believe, David, I'm going to say one more toast. And if it's Valentine's Day and you are on your own, well... There are people like myself on our own. But nonetheless, I do wish those people that are celebrating Valentine's Day, even if they're on their own and received a card, uh, happy Valentine's Day. And uh, all that remains for me to do is to remind you that next Tuesday, the Big and Fruity Wine podcast will be back. That will be... um, Tuesday the 21st of February and the title Big and Fruity Goes Patriotic Yes, and since for me that means England, I shall be drinking an English wine It may indeed, by the way be sparkling because quite a few of the English wines that produce, predominantly white wines, quite a few of them are sparkling ones I haven't picked one yet, so you will have to tune in and listen to find out, or indeed come on the show live. That's Torchu, Torchu ID double one double two seven two. So this is your host Dave AC saying thank you very much for listening, and uh, we will be here again next week. Bye everyone. Here's my Podsafe jazz outro. Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.